What the hell is the name of this thing? Is this Wayne's World? The award-winning Evan Grant. I can't even count anymore on my fingers and toes. Kevin Sherrington. Kevin Sherrington, clown number one. Mary Horn. Right. He tried to get me in mid-chew. Hello, everybody, and welcome into the first ballsy college football podcast of 2016. I'm Evan Grant, along with Kevin Sherrington. That's me. And Captain Chips Ahoy, Barry Horn. Pleasure to be here with you, Evan. Uh, Kevin, do we have a, a college football guest that you got for us this week? We do not have one this week. Okay. But but you know what? We're, it gives us more time to kind of kibitz and get things going on here, right? And that's what, that's what the people enjoy. Uh, I will say this, Kevin. I give you a lot of credit. Barry Switzer, Barry Switzer's appearance on our podcast made it, it good, the all-time highest-rated ballsy or upon further review podcast ever. In the there history of the Dallas Morning News? In the history Sports of the Dallas Morning News. And, Did and you get a college football guest for us this week? Well, you told me to try to get a college football guest with about seven minutes before this podcast began. This is so I professional. Tried. This is so professional. All right, let's move At on. At least we have things to talk about. And, and if we could get Brian to set the, the timer going. Brian, you didn't you didn't start the timer. Okay, there we go. We have a new clock in the studio. We didn't tell any of our, our, it's, our it's, listeners it's actually, about that. It's an actual shot This clock. is the nicest studio in, in all of Dallas. We have, we have moved it's from a closet. It's the nicest studio in all of the Dallas Morning News. We have moved from a closet to a palatial estate. It is unbelievable how nice this is. All right, Kevin, as you predicted, uh, Oklahoma won. No, they did not. I predicted that uh, Oklahoma would win, and they did not. No, and they didn't. Not right. by, they didn't weren't really close. It wasn't even close. That's okay. Close I predicted Oklahoma would win also. Clemson really, I tell you what, was surprised me, and, and it shouldn't have surprised me that much. But their defense was tremendous. It was big. Yes, they they were. Large of course, Shaq Lawson's really a great defensive tackle. He's going to be a first round draft pick. He's really really good. But I, I but was he got just, hurt. He did get hurt, but I, I, he was hurt going into the game as well. But but I, I was really surprised that uh, Baker Mayfield would be so rattled. He, he had his worst game of the season at the worst possible time. Uh, he just didn't give him a chance to win at all. I guess that pleased Texas Tech fans. And I think it probably did. I probably it pleased a lot of people. And that was the worst part about it is Baker went into that game mouthing off about everything that was happening at Tech and how he'd been shortchanged by all these different people. Listen, he did. There's no question about that. He got a raw deal from Texas Tech. But it's time to move on from that and stop talking about it. I And despite the fact that we both picked Oklahoma, what did you pick? Did you pick, I picked Oklahoma to win the national championship, I believe. Okay, so the, despite the fact that we all three picked Oklahoma and didn't pick Clemson, Kate, Dabo Kate Sweeney, was the only one who picked Dabo Sweeney, Clemson. who listens to this podcast, obviously, Dabo, yeah, uh, was very outspoken after the game. The team with the number one seed in the college football uh, playoffs, letting everybody know that nobody believed in the Clemson Tigers. Yeah, yeah we're, we, you know that goes all the way back to the days of John Thompson, doesn't it? Uh, just the old it's us against the world. We're, we're the best team in the country, John but Thompson we're, we're going to try to do that us he against the world. He was a basketball world. coach. I, don't, yeah, I, know. I just he don't was. understand why coaches thing. and players go there. I mean, predictions are predictions. Based is, on nothing, really. Yeah, right. I mean, is 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 that is is that their motivation? That's their motivation. They're to looking prove, for anything they can they can possibly do. Even though you've just got a game, you've got the champion, the ability to say we are the best team. Oh. End of story. Let's yes. let's 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 help him. Let's help Dabo a little. Let's make our predictions right now for the national championship. All right, Alabama's going to wipe the floor with them. I agree with you. 
Wipe the floor. And I don't know if it'll be wiping the floor, but it'll be good. Uh, you know, Clemson's offensive line is going to really struggle, I think, against with that Alabama defense. I, that was a stunning performance by Alabama, Alabama's defense against Michigan State. Is is Rick Goslin still in tears somewhere? Rick was Michigan at the game. State, Michigan State alum Rick Goslin. He was very quiet. I said something to him in the bathroom about – Oh, please. <laughs> about, I said, I hope you please keep your pom-poms in your briefcase, okay? And, and so Goose said, keep them where – and I and I and I kind of let it go at that point because people were kind of stacking up in the bathroom. I didn't want to cause any scenes in there. <laughs> bathroom talk, a new low on the bathroom. Boy, there's yeah, there's <laughs> nothing better than a little urinal conversation. Yeah, well, um, you know, only one of us was at the urinal. I think that was the good. Don't thing. even tell us who. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was a um, at the Cotton Bowl. It was a, a spectacular performance by Alabama, and there's been a lot of talk about just what a good job Lane Kiffin did with the game plan. And and how they how they use Coker more uh, on the passing side than they did with with Derrick Henry, the Heisman Trophy winner. But also, I mean, and uh, yeah, as long as guys are going to tout their their stages uh, and get up on on soapboxes, oh, look at Evan. the guy who He's was smiling. basically a part time coach on the defensive side did a pretty good job. Uh, Kirby Smart, you're yes, talking about. Your, your, your new coach at Georgia. Correct. Did a pretty good job with his game plan to shut out Michigan State. I, I saw him interviewed, by the way, on a broadcast the next day. I did, too. And, and, and he was talking about his team. Somebody said, his team. I said, which team are you talking about? It, it's, it's, it is the craziest. <laughs> they had, it is insane. The, in, the, in the box up there, they had Jeremy Pruitt, who is the Georgia defensive coordinator, who is going to Alabama in the suite, in, in the coach's box at the Cotton Bowl, with Kirby Smart, who's going to Georgia on the sideline, it's just it was just complete. You craziness. shouldn't you shouldn't allow this kind of thing. I don't think. I, listen, I think there's something that's honorable about the fact that you know Kirby said I could not look myself in the face if I left these kids at this point in time, and and if that's truly how he feels, that's honorable because how often do you see coaches just run out on players for the next best opportunity and not give them. That that final opportunity to complete their their season, which may be the most memorable time of their entire lives. That's true. I, I get all that, but it's still very weird and creepy. Oh, it's, it, it's as weird as Barry. But wow, what? What a shot! What, what a shot! So based on that, I, I will say this too. It's funny to me. We, we're giving Lane Kiffin a lot of credit for this offense, and I, and I realize he has to pound this into Nick Saban's head that we can throw the ball. Uh, but in this game, that's ex- you know what what he's doing there is is the, the quintessential. We, we're going to pound you with our running game, and now we're going to throw deep. That's what you do. And, you know, the, the, the fact that they haven't been doing that is an indictment, I think, a small indictment of, of Nick Saban's thought process in the fact that, you know, you have the most dominant offense or certainly the most dominant defensive line in the country. You have the most dominant running back in the country. You should be throwing the ball deep. But, hey, you've been critical. You've been critical. Yes, you, and you have been critical of the fact that they've run Henry – Forty-five times a game. Yeah, not, and, not yes. Well, you don't need to be doing that. I'm just right. saying that though. When you, when you got who's this? Success, and of course, in that game, twenty carries, seventy-five so yards. You're 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 ripping. I want to make clear this. You're being critical of Nick Saban here. Well, I I realize it was a small. I said it was a small. I qualified <laughs> it. Criticism. I said it was a small criticism. I think the guy's a great coach. He's doing an unbelievable job. But he's also getting the best players in the country, and it, it is the hardest thing a, to cause, find because he's not getting them by luck. No, 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 no. I'm not saying it's luck. They, they're they're gravitating there because of the fact that they're winning. There's no question about that. But the hardest thing to find in football at any level is quality defensive linemen. Besides a quarterback, yep. you get a quarterback and, and quality defensive line. He's getting all of those. And we will talk about that in uh, on, in some Big Twelve talk coming up later yep. in the podcast. But yeah, you win. You still win with defense. It does not matter what level you're at. If you play superb defense, you're 
always going to be in the ball game. And what Alabama did was take control with the defense and then exploit a, a tiring Michigan State team. Yeah, they, you know, Michigan State, I, I really thought was going to make a game of it. I thought Alabama would win the game, but I thought that Michigan State would make a game and it would be kind of like a car wrecks. And it was for a half, you know, for a half. I think the halftime score was six to nothing, right? So, uh, yeah, it, so we, we were talking It was about, still a game at halftime. It, well, it wasn't much of a game either. I tell you, that was the most boring. I don't know. I didn't watch. I went out ever. on New Year's Eve. Did you what? go out on New Mr. Year's Bart, Eve? I was working. You worked. Did, the ridiculousness of playing that game when it was played. We'll get into that. And and you and, and I, I, you you're, you're Mr. Ratings here. Tell us what the ratings were. For they the were horrible. Ball. The ratings were way way down over last year, and and yet the college football playoff committee or organization or whatever is is going to be insistent on playing again on New Year's. And, and I got to tell you, as a listen, I mean, I think it all comes down to personal preference, and the great majority of Americans, their personal preference would be to go out and have a few drinks somewhere on New Year's Eve with an uh, uncomfortable crowd and having a. A forced menu shoved down their throat and all that stuff. Me, did you have I, a date on New Year's Eve this year? I did. My wife and I sat in front of the TV with our stepson, who had just had, with her son, my stepson, who had just had wisdom teeth extraction, and we watched the football games and we had a great time. I would love. I, I don't want to go out on New Year's Eve. To me, that's amateur. That's when all the amateurs are out. That's right. As opposed to us, if you're going to drink Woo! like a professional. <laughs> But you, so want to you don't want to sit home and watch a football game. And a miserable football – it turned out to be a miserable football it, game at that. They and, were miserable football so games how, all did day you watch, Did you watch it through the end? Did you stay to the end? Uh, of the Alabama game? Yes. Uh, I think I turned it off at 31. Yeah. So maybe, maybe they'll have to rethink that. I there were two good games. One really good game of the Bulls so Which far. One? That would have been – the one really good half. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I, well, now the TCU Florida State game was interesting game, because it was a good, it was a good game, and Florida State came back in a second and that made it a good game. No, but, yeah, you Houston TCU, Houston, Houston Florida, Florida State? State, yeah. No, Houston I think Florida. you're, I think you're overstating that as a Houston fan. Well, here's what you had in that Houston game. You had, you had the underdog here get up a big lead, and then they held on to win that game. It was, it was challenging in a second. At least it was interesting. It was. Most of these games were not even remotely interesting, Correct. right? Except for. The TCU-Oregon game, which was a fabulous game. It was a, it fabulous, was a fabulous game, but not interesting because by halftime, half the people in America probably tuned out. That's, it's, it's Did true. you stay with that game? Yeah, I stayed with that game. We went out, you have I, no life, sir. I will no. tell you this. We went, out to we went out to dinner with the kids, um, and uh, we the game was on, and they started switching TVs off of the game at the restaurant that we were at. Uh, Do you want to give it a plug? Maybe get a sponsorship? Stuff. No. Um, because it was not a game. And then all of a sudden, here it comes back in the second half, and you know, TCU's down by, by two touchdowns and making it interesting. Uh, it, was a, it was a great comeback. It was a bad first half for TCU, and it was a bad second half for Oregon. It was a great comeback. I, I actually thought that if you, if you want to take one game and, and look at it, it was not a competitive game, but the, the Christian McCaffrey performance in the Rose Bowl was outstanding. First, first, first play. Goes, yeah. for, uh, goes for a touchdown. I mean, it was just it was outstanding, and it, it, it to me it, it hammered home the idea that you know so much of this of of of, and I'm gonna I'm, I guess I'm gonna criticize you here, Mr. Heisman voter, but I think so many Heisman <laughs> voters, so many Heisman voters see the SEC at three o'clock on Sunday afternoon on Saturday, Saturday afternoon and in prime time, and they don't see the Pac-12 games. Stanford had eight games that started at eight or later on the East Coast this year. Not a lot of people on the East Coast saw McCaffrey play. 
And if you saw those kinds of performances that he racked up, and, and the thing is, the Rose Bowl was not that out of the ordinary of a game for him this year. Not, I, not, not, a, not grossly out. Here, here's what I'm going to say about that. It's not the voters' fault, obviously. Just what you said is one of the problems. That the games are so late. And, and, you know, everybody's doing all these games. You know, everybody's working. They're, they're covering their own right. games. So they're just looking at stats. But I would say what Barry Switzer said to us That's on our exactly, highest-rated podcast, highest-rated podcast ever, uh, <laughs> was, thanks, thanks to you. Yeah, thanks to Kevin Sherrington. Yeah, was that the voting's too soon. Exactly. We, we need to wait until after the bowl games. Because I do think at the bowl, if the voting were done now, I do think that Christian McCaffrey would win. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's, but here's there's the thing. No I think what most voters felt like they couldn't do is vote for a white running back. <laughs> Look at the layout for that. Well, Nobody he, said he, anything. Here's what, Awkward here's, silence? Here's, um, what I, here's what I want to say about that, which my kids pointed out to me as we as we watched the game. Is this, that, and by the way, are, are it, we now wait, 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 are wait. we now at the point where we're getting all of our wisdom from the kids? Because Nick but, but my kids my kids are smart because they're very my they're very, attuned, they're very yeah. attuned to this. His dad was a NFL wide receiver. And who did his dad marry? A track star. Okay, I it's, thought she played soccer. Uh, she, I thought my kids told me she's a track star, even if she was a soccer player. Okay, that's great genes. Something, he was thinking about that all. You're saying Ed McCaffrey was thinking that all along. Uh, I don't. I'm not saying he was thinking that all along, but it sure didn't hurt that his children's athletic ability. What do we, that do we, he had two athletic parents, unlike my children, who only had, had no one chance. athletic. They had no prayer. They had no prayer. Listen, what, what, do we do we know what his time is in the forty? Uh, no, I don't. I do not have a forty time. Because you watch him run now, it's not like he doesn't look like a runner. But he's not real. And he does make some nice moves, but he's kind of a straight up runner. Yeah, uh, like a little Eric Dickerson in him. Yeah, you know, and he's fast, obviously. Uh, and and when you watch him get these yards, you're going, how's he how's he getting all these yards? I mean, he just he breaks out and he's gone. And next thing you know, no he, one's catching. He it. sees lanes really well. I think. I, I I thought he saw every. He he had stutter steps and deceptiveness that I thought were really good to, to make opponents miss and to give himself more running room. I thought he really – he sees the field well. Those genes he might have gotten better from his uncle, Billy McCaffrey, than he did from his uh, from his dad. Yeah. Who is Billy McCaffrey? He was a point guard at the Duke. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I just wanted to was, sure. was Jesse Palmer doing that game? Uh, I believe was so. It, was he in that game? Yeah, it was uh, Brett Musburger and Jesse. Palmer. I tell you what, I really like him. I think he's. I think Jesse Palmer. He likes you too. Is really good. And and one of the things he said in that game was that the the Thorpe Award winner at uh, at defensive back, obviously, uh, is uh, was uh, from Iowa. From Iowa, uh, on that one, on the one play, or I, I believe he went for for a touchdown. He said we had the uh, the guy who was the Heisman Trophy runner up. And and a chance for the guy who was a Thorpe Award winner to meet head on in a collision here, and and uh, and King completely whiffed on the play, and and I think and you watch that and I'm thinking he did he come over he didn't break down he didn't do anything when you watch the the replay of that and you're thinking he didn't want to tackle Christian McCaffrey, you know what is that saying it may say something more about King than it does about Christian McCaffrey I, I but what I do you say about I him? don't recall the exact instance of where they met but. Again, every play that I saw McCaffrey kind of they met in the end zone a lot. I thought he, I thought he made people miss. So, so what is he going to be in the pros? He's only a sophomore, so he's not eligible for the draft. He will be after next year, and I'm sure he'll turn pro after next year. What's he going to play? I I think he he could. 
I, I don't know. Does he become a slot receiver? He certainly has the size of like a slot receiver, and I, I, I wouldn't. Put, I can't imagine putting him back at running back and trying to you know put stick that in his stomach twenty five times. No, a game. you can't do that, and, and you're not gonna you're you're not gonna make him an every down running back. But I do think he's the kind of guy that you could move around a little bit, and and you know would have some some impact as a slot receiver. As a you know, I, I'm looking back at some of those smaller guys. As I guess since you, Mister, let's. Let's talk about small white guys. Uh, you know, you talk, you look at Julian Edelman and and I, I think this and guy, Wes Welker and guys a, like that. Yeah, Rex, uh, Rex Burkhead. That's the kind of guy you would have thought he might have been able to be. He's not as uh, Rex Burkhead is not as talented as Christian McCaffrey is. I'll say this. I tell you what, the right team, and of course that's true of quarterbacks especially, but in, in Christian McCaffrey's case, the right team needs to get him, and they need to make him a hybrid player, and, and, and they need to break all the rules for this guy. Right. They need to line him up a little bit at running back, a little bit in the slot, a little bit at wide receiver, maybe even let him uh, throw hey, the ball Hey, take a, a couple bit. of direct snaps, yeah. Absolutely. You I know. Mean, his grandfather, David Syme, I'm just reading, won the silver medal in the 100, 100 meters in the Olympics. And this by the way, segment brought to you by Ancestry.com. <laughs> well, I just want to point this out. I covered David Simon's from Coral Gables, Florida. And you covered his I, grandfather. I did. Wow. <laughs> Congratulations, Barry. You are ancient. I did. He, his, he, he set the hot type right after that. Way day. to hit the demographic, uh, Bear. Uh, Kevin, speaking of um, uh, hot, uh, did you know that Kevin Sumlin apparently has heat heat warmers in his swag copter? <laughs> in his swag copter, yeah. Uh, he, he's got some heat going on. Here, how, for sure. I th- we talked about this a month ago, you know, in, when with the Mark Rick firing, but a and M has underachieved, have they not? Oh, absolutely. Well, but here's the thing about the the A and M situation that makes it very interesting to me. They are playing now since Johnny Manziel left, like everyone projected they would. Everyone said you may have some good years, but you're going to be middle of the pack in the SEC. And of course, that's exactly what they've been. Their record in their record in play in conference play is about 500. Why has this? Why it seems to me. Like the heat has raised considerably after the bowl game loss. So well, obviously, Spavadol, Jake Spavadol is out as the offensive coordinator, but it, it does not seem to me like they can't keep a quarterback. Well, they, they've lost three three starting quarterbacks in the last two years. Yeah. All three have transferred. Um, everybody and, except Jake Hubenak, who's now the only guy who started a game for them in the last two years who hasn't left the program. I, th- yeah, I think the Kyler Murray thing is 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 a thing that really. really well, there were a lot of things. Up. You know, there are people are unhappy for a lot of reasons, and uh, the Aggies are anyway. Well, number one is the fact that now they're hearing from people saying, "See, we told you so," and it's the last thing they wanted right. to hear right. was that this is this is what we knew this was going to happen to you. Two. They've got this $450 million renovation of Kyle Field, which actually is a, a brand-new field. It's a, a beautiful place to play. costs a lot of money, costing the fans a lot more money to play there. And now they don't get to and – now, and now they're just a mediocre team. Uh, three, you watch Baylor and TCU continue to be very good, uh, to be the, the class of the conference. And, and, and here's a time when you've got Texas down, you could put your foot on Texas' throat and eliminate them as a, as a rival for for some time, it, even though they don't play each other, they're still rivals. Absolutely. They're still in the same state. They're recruiting the same guys, uh, and none of that's happening. They're and not now, now with their, their biggest recruiting base may be Houston, where they go for apparently head coaches. Well, that could very well happen. Tom Herman, you know, has, did a fabulous job at Houston this year. Uh, no question about it. Very popular with his players. Uh, a very freewheeling kind of guy who ran a great offense and uh, won a bowl game and won a bowl against game a against Florida State. Florida that's State that's Houston's biggest win 
I would say uh, in over 30 years, probably. That's, since they beat North Carolina State in the 1983 NCAA championship game. Oh, uh, they didn't, that's they didn't basketball, Barry. Yeah, that's basketball. They didn't Thank win you that. for that. Yeah, okay, great. So, so I, I do think there's certainly the po- that possibility looming out there. But I think what we need to, to, to talk he's about— He's eating again, Kevin. He's eating he's on the air. eating on the air. <laughs> you were waiting to see that, weren't you? Is that Jake Spavadol is out as the offensive coordinator. Uh, but here, here's the thing Isn't this me. a little bit late to be starting a, a coaching search for a coordinator? For a coordinator? Well, I, I think the deal was, obviously, that uh, Kevin didn't want to get rid of him. Uh, right. Kevin was forced to get rid of Jake Spavadol. Uh, there was some we, – we have some things we were kind of working on over the weekend, talking to people about what was going on in A&M. We? Uh, is there we? some heat? You, we? you were doing, making calls on this? Me and Kate Haropoulos. Okay. Kevin is connected. Yeah, yeah. And we were, and we talked to some we. different people who were telling us different things, and, and basically uh, the feeling was that that uh, that John Sharp, the the chancellor, was actually uh, interested in what the situation is and how and how it's going. Uh, ultimately, the decision was made that they would not buy him out. Uh, it would cost them twenty million dollars to buy him out, ten million dollars to buy him out if they had cause. It would have been crazy to buy out a head coach. On January 1st, 2016. Why? Because it would have set you back in recruiting, I think, two Depends or three Depends on what years. coach you hired to replace him. And if he had done his recru- if he had done recruiting already, like you, maybe Tom Herman. You had to have a guy ready to go. Yeah. He has to, you have to be able to make that hire. And you get a, is Tom Herman going to switch his entire Houston recruiting class? Well, he's, 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 got, he's, got, he's got some uh, really five, what, what they call five-star blue-chip uh, recruits. I th- I think um, he might have been able to keep some of Kevin Sumlin's too. I'm sure he could have, but but the, but the question is at this point to me, uh, we, we talk about uh, Kevin Sumlin and uh, and now he's going to have a new offensive coordinator. His I believe it's his fourth offensive coordinator that he's had there. Uh, so, is Kevin Sumlin the offensive genius we, he's supposed to be or not? When when Art Bryles loses an offensive coordinator, when Philip Montgomery went to Tulsa. When when his son Kendall took over as the offensive coordinator, did the offense change? It? Did just, they did they fail to, to run up yards? They ran up six hundred and forty five yards against North Carolina in their bowl game without a quarterback. Yeah, I I think it also just goes to show you that that first year with Sumlin and Johnny Manziel was such an outlier for first both two of years. those guys. For both of those guys. Yeah. Um. So A and M hasn't lived up to any of the expectations that it set for that that it set for itself after that little run. Right well, not, and Cliff Kingsbury was the offensive coordinator then, too, so, as well. So, so that, that are, are the difference. three best head coaches in the state not at Texas or Texas A&M? That at is least, correct. right? That is correct. So you would have who? Gary Patterson? Patterson's number one. Gary Patterson and Art Bryles. Art Bryles. Well, they, they, and they're now, one and one A. And now maybe two would be Herman? Tom Herman. It's, it's a little early to, 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 to call that on Tom Herman, but I, he certainly is evidencing that. You would think after you know he goes into a situation at Houston, and uh, they win this game against Florida State when they're clearly outmanned, uh, and he he coached that win. That was a, a tremendous job of coaching in that win, and I and I'm not seeing that from I'm not seeing that from Charlie Strong at Texas, and I'm seeing that from Kevin Sumlin at a But if you want to talk about a tremendous job, I think I think Gary Patterson, for all the for all the whining and the the kind of name calling that he gets into with other people when it comes to in game adjustments. He's as good as any coach in the country. And and to pull off the biggest comeback or tied for the biggest comeback ever in a bowl 
I think it's it's perfect. It's a perfect record for him to to establish for himself at, at TCU because that is the kind of guy that he is. He, he without his quarterback, we sh- you, you might without, without quarterback. A, with a, the guy making his first start, first yeah. and only start. And Travon Boykin, and we didn't even talk about well, that. What was he doing? Well, obviously a, a crazy thing. And now people are trying to say now TCU fans are trying to say that was all a setup. That <laughs> was a setup at that bar. It was a setup to he. After bed check, he left his. Yeah, left that was that. That's a setup. Yeah. You don't. You you just. Yeah, you should just be quiet about that. That was a. Cra- but you know what? In the end, hey, no, no. I, I think I it's better that. that that happened. Every indication is that Trevon Boykin made a mistake. That this is not a pattern of behavior for him. Right, getting caught is not a. Well, you know, if you can't, you don't assume, know for sure. You can't assume that's the first but time. There's, because they were going to let him go. They were going to let him go until he hit the cop. Right. Yeah. You know, never it, a good idea. Never a good idea to hit a cop. But I will Barry, say, this, what about the time you hit the cop? I have never lifted my hands in vi- you as you know my son defends cops defends policemen state troopers throughout the state he's an attorney can I Here's, get a plug in for his law firm now <laughs> sure if you're if you're a if you're a cop that need, in, in need of an attorney call Zach Horn at Lyons Gorski oh my god beautiful what beautiful. a show well the, the thing was that Brown Kohlhausen got a chance in his first and only start I, and that's a great story I, I gotta tell you as, as bad as that was with Trevon Boykin to pull that uh that whole episode in the end it makes it a much better story all right I am uh, we're gonna have to wrap up early here because uh you have to go and to be TV on show. another multi-platform endeavor of the Dallas Morning News yeah, get that plug in for the bosses uh right? and um Sports Day on Air on Fox Sports Southwest. I have uh, gotten a Rangers guest. Have you you gotten all your – let's tell everybody you'll be gone for the next couple of weeks because you're going on a trip. Right, yeah. I'll be in in Italy and Israel uh, doing fabulous stuff. You take a lot of pictures. So I we can show pictures. them on the next podcast. We'll have a slideshow yeah. on the next podcast. That'd be great. Um, but uh, I just want to leave. I just want to leave it with this: the one enduring memory for me of this bowl season, Big Twelve wise, no defense in the Big Twelve. Thirty-seven points or more by every team in the Big Twelve. Listen, in the Big Twelve, we just want to score. It's all we want to do. Listen to producer. Brian I heard that. I've been That was he's, great. He's, That's great. Stuff. Brian's ready to get us out of here. Brian. Yeah. Brian. Brian has some place to go. He no, has what he's got to do is Brian is in the middle. Of hand redoing, and uh, Brian is going to star in the new Flipper Flop DMN edition in which he rebuilds. <laughs> I was the, really getting worried about what you were saying that Brian was doing. Yeah, that was really getting, a little, I was getting a little nervous. Do you not watch HGTV? Which was formerly owned, I believe, by. No, no, was, that was the Food Network. No, I think it was we HGTV. We had the Food Network. No, I think you were wrong. Whatever no, no, was, we did have the Food Network. I, I don't know if we had HGTV. HGTV. And we traded that for an Austin TV station. It's worked out well. Yeah. But they've got ballsy now. And <laughs> yes. we are a moneymaker. We so, are. We're uh, not a money loser because it's not costing them anything. I pity you next week. You'll be left with Barry and uh, Kevin. Uh, hopefully I will make it back from the Middle East. You're not going to be calling piece. in? If, you will. I know. You're so addicted to, to being on this show. I'm, I'm anticipating a call from Evan. He's going to be afraid that we're going to do well. Next, See, we're, next Tuesday? We're, we're not telling you what day we're if doing. If it's next week. Tuesday, I'll call from the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem. Yeah, with, call with from a, the I, wall. With a report. I will, be, I will be at the wall. I think I, I've hit the wall with this show. Yeah, me too. All right, everybody. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.